Chapter 2, Part E of How to Tell Stories to Children. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The briefest examination of these three stories reveals the fact that one attribute is beyond dispute in each. Something happens all the time. Every step in each story is an event. There is no time spent in explanation, description, or telling how people felt. The stories tell what people did and what they said, and the events are the links of a sequence of the closest kind. In point of time and of cause, they follow as immediately as it is possible for events to follow. There are no gaps and no complications of plot requiring a return on the road. A second common characteristic appears on briefest examination. As you run over the little stories, you will see that each event presents a distinct picture to the imagination, and that these pictures are made out of very simple elements. The elements are either familiar to the child or analogous to familiar ones. Each object and happening is very like every day, yet touched with a subtle difference, rich in mystery. For example, the details of the pictures in the Goldilocks story are parts of everyday life, house, chairs, beds, and so on. But they are the house, chairs, and beds of three bears. That is the touch of marvel which transforms the scene. The old woman who owned the obstinate pig is the center of a circle in which stand only familiar images, stick, fire, water, cow, and the rest, but the wonder enters with the fact that these usually inanimate or dumb objects of nature enter so humanly into the contest of wills. So it is also with the doings of the three little pigs. Every image is explicable to the youngest hearer, while none suggest actual familiarity, because the actors are not children but pigs. Simplicity with mystery is the keynote of all the pictures, and these are clear and distinct. Still, a third characteristic common to the stories quoted is a certain amount of repetition. It is more definite, and of what has been called the cumulative kind, in the story of the old woman, but in all it is a distinctive feature. Here we have, then, three marked characteristics common to three stories almost invariably loved by children. Action in close sequence, familiar images tinged with mystery, some degree of repetition. It is not hard to see why these qualities appeal to a child. The first is the prime characteristic of all good stories. Stories as is stories. The child's demand for it but bears witness to the fact that his instinctive taste is often better than the taste he later develops under artificial culture. The second is a matter of common sense. How could the imagination create new worlds save out of the material of the old? To offer strange images is to confuse the mind and dull the interest. To offer familiar ones with a difference is to pique the interest and engage the mind. 
the charm of repetition to children is a more complex matter there are undoubtedly a good many elements entering into it hard to trace in analysis but one or two of the more obvious may be seized and brought to view the first is the subtle flattery of an unexpected sense of mastery when the child mind following with toilful alertness a new train of thought comes suddenly on a familiar epithet or expression i fancy it is with much the same sense of satisfaction that we older people feel when in the midst of a long program of new music the orchestra strikes into something we have heard before handel maybe or one of the more familiar beethoven sonatas i know that i've heard that before we think triumphant and settle down to enjoyment without effort so it is probably with the middle-sized articles of the bear's house and the i shan't get home tonight of the old woman each recurrence deepens the note of familiarity tickles the primitive sense of humor and eases the strain of attention when the repetition is cumulative like the extreme instance of the house that jack built i have a notion that the joy of the child is the pleasure of intellectual gymnastics not too hard for fun but not too easy for excitement there is a deal of fun to be got out of purely intellectual processes and childhood is not too soon for the rudiments of such fun to show the delight the healthy adult mind takes in working out a neat problem in geometry the pleasure a musician finds in following the involutions of a fugue are of the same type of satisfaction as the liking of children for cumulative stories complexity and mass arrived at by stages perfectly intelligible in themselves mounting steadily from a starting point of simplicity and then the same complexity and mass resolving itself as it were miraculously back into simplicity this is an intellectual joy it does not differ materially whether found in the study of counterpoint at thirty or in the story of the old woman and her pig at five it is perfectly natural and wholesome and it may perhaps be a more powerful developing force for the budding intellect than we are aware for these reasons let me urge you when you are looking for stories to tell little children to apply this threefold test as a kind of touchstone to their quality of fitness are they full of action in close natural sequence are the images simple without being humdrum are they repetitive the last quality is not an absolute requisite but it is at least very often an attribute of a good child's story having this touchstone in mind for general selection we can now pass to the matter of specific choices for different ages of children no one can speak with absolute conviction in this matter so greatly do the taste and capacity of children of the same age vary any approach to an exact classification of juvenile books according to their suitability for different ages will be found impossible the same book in the hands of a skilful narrator may be made to afford delight to children both of five and ten the following are merely the inferences drawn from my own experience they must be modified by each teacher according to the conditions of her small audience 
In general, I believe it to be wise to plan the choice of stories much as indicated in the table given on page 64. At a later stage, varying with the standard of capacity of different classes, we find the temper of mind which asks continually, Is that true? To meet this demand, one draws on historical and scientific anecdote and on reminiscence, but the demand is never so exclusive that fictitious narrative need be cast aside. All that is necessary is to state frankly that the story you are telling is just a story, or, if it be the case, that it is part true and part story. At all stages, I would urge the telling of Bible stories as far as is allowed by the special circumstances of the school. These are stories from a source unsurpassed in our literature for purity of style and loftiness of subject. More especially, I urge the telling of the Christ story in such parts as seem likely to be within the grasp of the several classes. In all Bible stories, it is well to keep as near as possible to the original, unimprovable text. Some amplification can be made, but no exclusive modernizing or simplifying is excusable in face of the austere grace and majestic simplicity of the original. Such adaptation is helps to cut the long narrative into separate units, making each an intelligible story I have ventured to illustrate according to my own personal taste in two stories given in chapter 6. The object of the usual modernizing or enlarging of the text may be far better attained for the child listener by infusing into the text as it stands a strong realizing sense of its meaning and vitality, letting it give its own message through a fit medium of expression. In Stories from the Old Testament by S. Platt retells the Old Testament story as nearly as possible in the actual words of the authorized version. The stories given in pages 133 to 246 are grouped as illustrations of the types suitable for different stages. They are, however, very often interchangeable, and many stories can be told successfully to all classes. A vitally good story is little limited in its appeal. It is nevertheless a help to have certain plain results of experience as a basis for choice, that which is given is intended only for such a basis, not in the least as a final list. Certain Types of Story Classified For Kindergarten and Class 1 Little Rhymed Stories, including the best of the nursery rhymes and the more poetic fragments of Mother Goose. Stories with Rhyme in Parts Nature Stories in which the element of personification is strong. Nonsense tales, wonder tales. For classes two and three, nonsense tales, wonder tales, fairy and folk tales, fables, legends, nature stories, especially stories of animals. For classes four and five, folk tales, fables, Myths and Allegories Developed Animal Stories Legends, Historic and Heroic Historical Stories 
humorous adventure stories true stories the wonder tales most familiar and accessible to the teacher are probably those included in the collections of anderson and the brothers grimm so constant is the demand for these that the following list may be found useful as indicating which of the stories are more easily and effectively adapted for telling and commonly most successful it must be remembered that many of these standard tales need such adapting as has been suggested cutting them down and ridding them of vulgar or sophisticated detail from the brothers grimm the star dollars the cat and the mouse the nail the hare and the hedgehog snow white and rose red mother holly thumbling three brothers the little porridge pot little snow white the wolf and the seven little kids the sea mouse from anderson little tiny the lark and the daisy the ugly duckling the seven stories of the snow queen the flax the little match girl the fir tree the red shoes ole Lukoe Monday, Saturday, The Elf of the Rose, Five Peas in a Pod, The Portuguese Duck, The Little Mermaid, Much Shortened, The Nightingale Shortened, The Girl Who Trod on a Loaf, The Emperor's New Clothes. Another familiar and easily attainable type of story is the classic myth as retold in Kupfer's Legends of Greece and Rome. Of these again, certain tales are more successfully adapted to children than others. Among the best for telling are Arachne, Pandora, Midas, Apollo and Daphne, Apollo and Hyacinthus, Narcissus, Latona and the Rustics, Prosperine. A well-nigh indispensable book for teachers is Gerber's Myths of Greece and Rome, which contains in brief form a complete collection of the classic myths. End of chapter 2 Recording by Sean McGahey, ducttapeguy.net